This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody. Got a few things to go over with you guys on this edition of the podcast as once again, back in the saddle Summer workouts are set to begin next week following Memorial Day. The new players will arrive on campus and get settled in, and they will begin class on June 1st. So we are right around the corner from uh, updates on that front, uh, and we'll be digging for you guys on that uh, as Kaz Kazadi gets his hands on the new freshmen that are arriving, some of the new transfers that are coming in, and most importantly, getting the guys that are already in the program, key starters, key reserves, key backups, uh, ready for the 2021 season. And this is a chance where we'll see some players naturally make waves over the course of the offseason workouts. And so what I did was uh, I dropped on PonyStampede.com some intel for you guys on every summer enrollee in the 2021 recruiting class. I'll also do it for the transfers that are set to arrive this summer and just break down kind of the expectations I have for them going into this season. Because when you look at this roster, uh, there are probably very few freshmen that are going to be able to make an impact right away. I think the three that are obvious right now are Preston Stone at quarterback, Dylan Goffney at wide receiver, and Bryce McMorris at defensive back. All three of those guys went through spring football as early enrollees and made noise, I think, throughout spring practice. I mean, whether you're Preston Stone and you're in the thick of it with the quarterback competition, whether you're Dylan Goffney and seem to settle in real well and make a lot of plays throughout spring ball, Bryce McMorris had some really good moments and actually showed, I think, some top-end speed that was really, I think, impressive. I mean, he was running with guys like Danny Gray, guys like Rasheed Rice down the field um, and providing some good coverage from time to time from what we were able to observe in spring ball. But I went a little bit deeper on the guys that are certainly coming in this summer. So my expectations for them in the 2021 season um, and and what what to expect, whether they'll, they'll redshirt, whether they'll play on special teams, whether they could push for playing time in the rotation. So that's what that piece was. And it kind of got sparked by um, this piece that Chris Hummer did on 24-7 Sports, one of our national uh, writers. And it was the top 100 uh, true freshmen who will impact the 2021 season. And he picked Isaiah and Wokobia as one of his uh, as one of his players uh, in the um, in the list of 100. And it wasn't ranked or anything like that. Um, it was just a comprehensive list of all these guys who could play uh, and and impact the 2021 season. And I kind of built off that with my thoughts on Isaiah and, and what he can bring to the table. And that was mainly that he is um, a versatile defensive back who has the size, especially if he 
really takes to Kazkazadi's weight room well to maybe play in the box. I know he's going to get his shot at safety, so I'm not saying they're going to move him to linebacker, but he's got that physical edge to his game, and we've seen safeties work out well when they move up to linebacker if they have that frame. Um, It just is kind of a sign of being athletic enough and having the size to play at that position. Um, He also mentioned, uh, this is Chris Hummer, that Roger Daniels uh, could be one to make some noise in. And I, I feel the same, especially in the slot. They can move him around at wide receiver to running back to use him in the return game. Uh, and he was one of the best players in, honestly, Texas high school football last year. Anytime he got the ball in his hands, it was a big play. So when you look at him, Wokabia, though, I think for him, the thing that stands out to me is his size, his physical edge, and the fact that both of those things generally translate well to the college level. I mean, we're not talking about somebody who was brought in based on upside or anything like that. Do do I wish that Isaiah and Wilkabia had better track times that from what we saw in high school? Um, yes, absolutely. You you would certainly want that. Um, but he made plays. Um, he played both sides of the ball a little bit for Skyline uh, coming out of that program, and he's somebody that kind of has a chip on his shoulder for being so highly recruited. And and that you know goes back to what I said earlier in the pod. I said, I'm not saying he's going to move from safety to linebacker, but he's got that versatility. He actually takes that as a, sh- a shot against his game. You know, why are these guys going to move me to linebacker? So we'll see where he ends up in Jim Levitt's defense. And I, w- I will say that, you know, if he stayed at safety, which he is going to get a shot there, he's going to have a better shot. You know, Chris Hummer noted uh, that, SMU's entire safety group, none of them earned a grade of above 60 on PFF last year. Now, that's grand, that's, you know, a, a point here, minus point there kind of system. And so you don't know how the SMU coaches kind of view things in the, in the long run or what happened. Um, but safety play certainly needs to be upgraded. Trey Haverty said that in an interview with us earlier this spring. Just said, look, we've got a, you know, we, we have guys now with a lot of experience, guys like Chevin Calloway, guys like Donald Clay. Um, and and those players have to step up even more and SMU kind of moved some guys around at safety because of that in the spring you know I think this defense will be very interesting to see how everybody lines up where they fit in but it's clear uh, that they weren't happy with some of the options at safety especially in terms of coverage Chase Cromartie probably one that gets you know most of the um, negative buzz on that front but again that's just a young safety you know continuing to find his way so Isaiah Nwokobia, somebody that is considered to be an impact type of player. I could see it, um, him finding a way on the field in the rotation if things aren't working out at safety especially. He brings a physical edge to the defense that SMU could definitely use. We'll see if he was brought up into the box, what that would look like, because it is a packed house. You've got Kiki Burns who emerged. You've you've got Trevor Denbo on on the outside there too. And then you've got Delana Robinson, Shane Haley, uh, and Richard Moore if if he comes back healthy and and, and figures it out to, to be able to return to his normal self. So linebacker is a packed position um, in that respect. And so it's hard to find your way onto the field there. But Isaiah Nwokobia was one of the guys I highlighted uh, in that story as probably one of the more likely ones to play early, especially on defense. So check that out on Pony Stampede. You can always subscribe for just a dollar for your first month to get onto the site. And this is kind of where... This is the season of, of you want to be on Pony Stampede, too, because it's summer. There's really not much going on uh, in in the sense that 
there's not media availabilities, there's not this, there's not that. This is where, you know, on the recruiting front, you want to know who SMU is going after. You want to know how it's how it's going for those top prospects. You also want to know how things are going in the weight room with Kaz Kazadi. We'll have some exclusive Q&As with coaches as well, um, highlighting kind of how summer's going, what they thought of spring ball, and so on. So definitely subscribe to Pony Stampede. And that has been my little pitch for you guys as, as we continue on on this edition of the podcast. One big question I have for this podcast, and this is we started this on the last podcast, but I'm going to tackle kind of one big question each pod. And the big question today is how many of SMU's starting offensive linemen are going to return in their roles in 2021? Last week, we talked about the quarterback situation, where that stands. This week, I want to focus on the guys protecting him because when I continue to do a deep dive on that position, I mean, it is it is just competition all over the place. I mean, you look at what Marcus Bryant did late in the season, earning playing time over Bo Morris at right tackle. He started that left game, or he started that game against Tulsa at left tackle when Jalen Thomas was sick. You've got Alana Lee. Hayden Howerton, who have played a ton of football games for SMU there in the middle. Uh, you also have guys like Justin Osborne, who have who's kicked out to right tackle after playing right guard for SMU, his more natural spot. He looked tremendous in spring ball. I think he's probably the biggest lock on the offensive line to start right now. You've got Jalen Thomas, who could kick inside to left guard um, as well, and then see where Hayden Howerton and Alana Lee end up. But if you look at the players that are one, Coming up, the young players like Marcus Bryant, uh, like Branson Hickman, uh, like Dalton Perdue, and then you also add in the fact that Thalen Robinson, the transfer from Missouri, is coming in, who played a lot as a true freshman in the SEC and then sat out the 2020 season. He's coming in. This offensive line is going to be one of the more um, uh, competitive groups on the entire team. I think right up there with defensive line, um, running back is fairly competitive, I think. This offensive line battle and and quarterback is too, of course. You know that one's going into the summer um, as a as a true competition from what we've you know seen and heard. But the offensive line is one the key to this offense. You know, can they get a yard on third and one? Can they hold up over the course of the season? And, and Sonny Dykes just raved about that group as far as the depth they have. This offensive line group still has to put it together in terms of what they're going to be able to do from a protection standpoint from a consistency standpoint you know they are going up against talented defensive linemen in uh, practice so we saw moments where that offensive line just did not look good and they they spent some time after practice having some discussions working working hard extra I mean this spring was I think a wake-up call for that offensive line and I just feel like with the competition on it, you know, there's going to be guys that lose their spots. And right now, I'm going to peg it at two for the season opener. Um, I, I could see, um, I could see one one of Hayden Howerton or Alana Lee losing their job uh, to somebody else. I think Marcus Bryant has a chance to really start if his summer goes as they expect. Um, so that's you know two right there. How does it all work out? Uh, we'll continue to of course follow it, but. Uh, I think the the safe bet right now after spring ball is is two. I think one for sure, but two. Um, and we'll see kind of how things go the rest of the the summer and into fall and then into the season to see how it all shakes out because 
You know, when we saw it with Jalen Thomas a couple of years back, SMU's not afraid to play true freshmen if they're if they're ready. And you know, from talking with AJ Ricker before the spring, SMU was close to putting in Ben Sparks late in the season. He was going to get some serious burn late in the year um, as SMU just wanted to get guys reps, and he had developed really well and he had earned it. And then the two you know final two games get canceled, and that's kind of it. But um, this offensive line group is is so competitive, and it's such a such a crazy thing to talk about with where SMU's offensive line has been in the past, uh, where they're where they're going. Um, it, it, it's exciting. I think if you look at the position group, probably I think down the line that you should be most excited about if you're an SMU fan. I think corners is a good bet on defense just because of what they have in terms of upper echelon talent. You know, Brandon Crosley, Brian Massey, you know, even Armani Johnson is only a junior this year. And then you add in Jahari Rogers. And if they can add another really solid corner, that group would be set for a while. But offensive line, that group and the group they're recruiting in 2022, if they can land, you know, let's say even two or three of their their top targets that they're bringing in for official visits this summer, the future of SMU's offensive line is just so different. You've got Justin Osborne, who's going to be, you know, a redshirt freshman again, basically this this coming year, and then you add in the Marcus Bryant's, the Dalton Perdues, the Ben Sparks, the Branson Hickmans. I mean, even Henry Mossberg got some praise after a rough start to spring. He really turned it around. Um, this is a group that has depth, has competition. It's exciting to watch for SMU. So. Uh, I did want to kind of pose that question. We'll move over to the defensive side of the ball in the next pod uh, for sure because I don't want them to feel neglected. But I did want to kind of bring up the offensive line and just share that, you know, I think that's a group that, you know, could see some turnover in terms of starters and could certainly, um, you know, see some changes, but for the better um, on that front. So, um, you know, I think that was kind of important to touch on. I think I want to um, move over to the basketball side of things and shout out Zurich Phelps the Duncanville star point guard who signed with SMU during the early signing period. Uh, he won Mr. Basketball in Texas. That is the first time that, uh, you know, in a long, long time, going back to Larry Johnson, that that SMU has had somebody win Mr. Basketball in Texas. So huge, huge honor for him. He had a great senior year. He's a big riser on 24-7 sports, uh, and it makes sense why. I mean, he was really, really strong start to finish. Um won the state championship, was the tournament MVP, and now is uh, Mr. Basketball in Texas. So credit to him, and he's ready to go uh, at SMU. Um, And I wanted to kind of build off of that and say, you know, one, we're still monitoring who SMU is going to bring in to replace uh, your and A, and if they can find somebody to do that. Um, They announced the signing of Franklin Aguane, uh, again, I'm going to take some time to you know get that one down right, but the Loyola Chicago big man who transferred to the program, but um, they announced the signing of him. Tim Jankovic called him an elite shot blocker, and with his size, I mean, when he's been on the floor, he is a big physical presence in the middle, um, and he's positively impacted uh, the Loyola Chicago program when he was on the floor, but he's na- had some nagging injuries. He had some bad luck on that front, so he's got to be healthy. That's what SMU's, of course, hoping uh, he'll be for them in the 2021-2022 season. But we will continue to monitor how SMU plans to replace Yorin A because, you know, this is a, that's a big hole once Yorin A left, left the program uh, and entered the transfer portal uh, because, you know, 
when he's on the floor, he's just such a good shot blocker. That was the whole point of bringing him in. Uh, and he was still a young player who could continue to develop and get better. So, you know, Yorne, uh, that was a big loss. But SMU is going to kind of mine the transfer portal once again and kind of hope that they can, you know, pick uh, someone up that can be that impact guy and at least to, has done it in a more reliable sense than uh, who they have on the roster. So we'll continue to monitor that. But overall, I mean, you got to shout out Zurich Phelps uh, and and the trio of, of signees that uh, SMU brought in are, are among the better ones, at least on paper. And basketball is really, really tough in a way to, to um, I, I think, sometimes project these guys. You know, Will Douglas was highly rated, uh, but turned out to be just honestly just didn't bring anything to the program. And then you've got Zurich Phelps uh, and Stefan Todorovic, uh, who are both top 150 players on the 24-7 sports composite. Jalen Smith, uh, if he would have had his senior year, you know, really would have been a, a, a good one. Um, that could have risen up the ranks. And, and so there's some upside, you know, will uh, Todorovic uh, turn out okay? Sometimes the Euros, you know, either boom or they bust, but uh, he can shoot the basketball at least at the prep level. Um, and so we'll kind of see how these uh, transfer or these uh, signees pan out for SMU. I think they're going to need uh, Zurich Phelps and, and Jalen Smith to kind of step up right away. I think Kendrick Davis will return. I mean, I know he kind of went on the offensive when, um, Tristan Clark said that he was, uh, you know, that Kendrick Davis was coming back uh, to SMU. Uh, He actually gave a couple interviews. I mean, I I fully expect Kendrick Davis to come back from what I've heard. So uh, that'll be somebody to watch. But and Zach Natal should be pretty good for SMU at at guard as well. Coming in the Southland Conference uh, Player of the Year. I am still I'm still just I think this team could honestly uh, and I said this kind of earlier about uh, oh gosh, Todorovic's game, but SMU basketball could boom or bust this year. I don't think they win the AAC. I think Houston's way too good um, for that to happen, honestly, for anyone to kind of beat Houston, um, you know, for the most part. But, you know, SMU, I don't think is good enough to beat Houston, uh, even with Quentin Grimes staying in the NBA draft. They, they have serious work to do if they're going to be a top two to three type of team. Uh, in the 2021-2022 season. I don't know if all these transfers are our guys, especially Franklin uh, Aguane and, and Tristan Clark from Baylor. Guys have battled injuries uh, throughout their careers. The guards and Michael, uh, Michael Weathers and Marcus Weathers seem like good additions. Can they take it you know, up to the, to the level SMU needs them to? Um, how will the transition be for Natal? Uh, you know, will Emmanuel Bandamel take a step forward? You know, Darius McBride... Can he provide anything? And then you've got Isaiah JC in the front court, and that's it. So this team, I mean, I know there's some positive buzz around it. I'm not ready to buy into it just yet, um, but I do want to say that the trio of signees look very good on paper. If you're SMU, um, and and you know are ones that you know should be praised for the seasons they put together for at least their stock entering college. And and Jalen Smith, you know, you feel bad for him with his injuries, but he kind of reminds me of of uh, Jare Foster, who you know, suffered some injuries, you know, heading into his final year of high school basketball, and then ended up not rising, but but um, you know, signed with SMU. So I, I think if those guys can provide some uh, some serious help right away, this team has a chance to uh, make uh, a little bit of a run at at, at the AAC title. But um, you know, it, it's it's tough. It's 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 a tough tough road in this league, 
and I don't think SMU is there yet. But um, all that being said, I wanted to at least like say that this this group of signees on paper looks good, and they should be a good bunch. Now, time will tell, uh, and they've certainly got to be developed and things like that. So um, that's enough basketball talk. We're going to get back to way more football talk on the next edition of the podcast, but uh, felt like there were some nuggets to share with you and some things to bounce off on with you guys on the podcast. So um, wanted to share that. But for now, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I'm Billy Embody. You can leave us a rating, leave us a review, and follow the Pony Stampede podcast wherever you catch your podcast at. So feel free to do that and share with your friends. Until next time, guys, we will catch you later. And thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.